dude, the thing that holds people back from, like, everybody, most people are trying to get from point A to point B, and it's rarely their drumming that's holding them back. Rarely. It's almost always mentality. All right, so what is up, everyone? Welcome to episode four of the Nashville Drummers Podcast. My name is Dan Ainspan, and if you're new here, this is a brand new podcast started by myself and fellow drummer Nathan Slutner. And we're sitting down with Nashville's up and coming players. We're learning their unique journeys to Nashville, uh, what they're currently up to. And we hope to provide the community here in Nashville and outside of Nashville as well uh, with inspiration, education, and definitely some laughs and entertainment along the way. Our featured guest today is Taylor Frias, and we've been trying to schedule this interview really since the inception of this podcast, and we're super stoked to finally have recorded it just a few weeks ago. Taylor is a really close friend, and anyone that lives in Nashville, especially if you're a drummer here, and has had the pleasure of getting to know Taylor, you already know just how genuine of a guy he is, and cool hang, and a very unique and talented player on the drums. For those that don't know Taylor, I'll read a brief section from his bio. Uh, Taylor's from Colorado and he's been uh, performing and he's a published author and educator uh, who has been playing since the age of six. Since then, he has performed on stages such as Red Rocks and Folsom Field. His drumming has led him to perform with various groups from Grizz to New Orleans-style brass band Gorilla Fanfare. And we get into some interesting and funny stories with both of those groups. Beyond playing the drums, Taylor has a passion for education, which over time his teaching would expand to go online where he started his own personal online lessons website called tfdrums.com. And just a quick plug for Taylor, I mean, if you're, if you're a drummer here in Nashville or if you're living anywhere else, and maybe you kind of feel stuck in your progression as a player. You don't have that you know, dedicated one-on-one lesson that you feel that you need. Uh, Taylor is, is the guy. He's got some really great uh, dedicated one-on-one email lessons and I believe also through video. Really such a good resource. So if you're interested, definitely check out tfdrums.com. Also give Taylor a follow on Instagram and his other social media platforms. We'll have that linked in the episode description. Uh, lastly, in 2016, Taylor released his book, The Sly Hat. It's a 13-chapter book focused on how to use your hi-hat foot as a part of your grooves and fills, as opposed to having to keep a steady pulse under what you're playing. I know for me personally, this has been such a unique way of looking at my own playing. It's um, definitely not something that I think a lot of drummers pay attention to. So definitely check out that book called The Sly Hat published under Hudson Music. In this episode, we go over Taylor's background, uh, the groups he's been playing with, and he shares a lot of really interesting insights, uh, sometimes not you know, related directly to, to drumming or the craft of playing the drums. But And that's why we love this podcast. We're, we're learning a lot from each and every one of you, uh, just about different topics, about health, about life, about... Uh, mentalities and practicing and 
goal setting, all these kind of topics. And we're super grateful to have Taylor discuss a lot of this in today's episode. And so with that, let's jump right into it. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast and I hope you enjoy episode four featuring Taylor Frias. Okay, where should we start? <laughs> well, so you guys just had Jeffrey on. Yeah. Who else have you had? You're, dude, you're number two. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. So glad you're here, buddy. I'm honored, truly. Yeah, we've been talking about doing this for a while, having you on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's been a long time. Well, so yeah, you've like... been wanting to start this for a long time, too. Yeah, I mean, it's I first well, both, so, yeah. yeah, Taylor was one of the first people I met here in Nashville in terms of a another drummer yeah and i remember when we first met like i was telling you about you know nay and i had this idea for a podcast and it's just so cool how things have developed because i feel like it sort of evolved from our friendships would you agree like us just kind of shooting the shit and talking with other drummers and non-drummers and from there kind of you know the idea for a podcast sort of developed so yeah thank you for appreciate your friendship and absolutely mentorship and everything yeah, something about having having a person or more multiple people with which you can have just really natural interactions that are seemingly entertaining to I mean like when I think about it being an outsider I'm like if I were listening to this I wouldn't care if I was a drummer I would think that this was hilarious. So Sure. That's kind of the whole yeah. point. Yeah. No, that's cool. So I guess why don't we start we we obviously know you. We're obviously pretty really good friends, the three of us. Yeah. As I just said. Um, so for everyone that doesn't know you, Taylor, I guess you kind of introduce yourself, where you're from, sure. and what's your journey to Nashville. How I, long you been here? I've been here since December. Uh, yeah, I was going. My music journey has been kind of like Swiss cheese. Like I started out, I started out doing um, like jazz band and stuff in high school, and like did marching band and played in a bunch of different bands just like with friends and whatever it was. And it was kind of like the only thing I could do. Hmm. Like in any class, I would just be like, I couldn't do school or anything. Or I couldn't, I played the cross, I played football, I played soccer, I played basketball, everything. I just couldn't do it. Um, so I kind of just like stuck with what I knew and what I liked to do. And that's drumming is where all my friend group was. And so might as well just keep going with it. Um, so, and then college, I went to McNally Smith in St. Paul, Minnesota, which has its history. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. Uh, no. About the show, Educate huh? me. Not familiar. Um, have you heard of McNally Smith? Nope. So it's, it's kind of like one of the smaller schools that if you can't afford to ber- go to Berkeley, if you know, you just don't want to go to Berkeley, then you'll go to McNally Smith. And it's like, I think it's 800 people in the whole school. So you kind of know everybody. Yeah. Kind of know the whole department. And uh, Steve Miller band drummer was the head of percussion, which is kind of cool. Um, Who's that? You know Gordy Knudsen? Gordon Knudsen. Gordy Knudsen. Gordy. He yeah. was, like he got the push-pull technique pretty popular. Okay. Uh, like him and like Jojo Man and stuff. But um, he was the head of percussion, which is cool. And But I felt like for me, if I were, if I were to major in percussion i feel like if the end goal of majoring in percussion was to pursue a life in music i don't think you need the degree necessarily for that agreed Mm -hmm. i think you can just 
real life experience is going to be a better substitute for that. Mm. Like might as well just go do it. Yeah, uh, I've thought about that a lot. I mean, obviously I'm really grateful for my college education and that got me a lot of opportunities. But right. I, I do think of what would have happened if I just went right to Nashville or whatever mm. city that would have been and just, right. you know, just got thrown in the pool, learned to swim kind of thing. Yeah, there's, right. there's a, obviously a really growing, uh, increasing in popularity, this idea of don't start when you're ready, just start. Right. You told, you told a really good story the other day of like, you went to your first drum lesson mm. and he was like, hey, you know, you were like, hey, like, I just want to, I just want to be a drummer one day. Hmm. Yeah. And then his response was like, well, yeah, well, now you are. You already are. You, there you go. <laughs> like, so you now, are now. So, so now what? Hit like, the drum oh, once. <laughs> okay. The moment that you drum and that's what you want to be, you are that thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's that, huge. That's like, how that works okay. with, with with a lot of things. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to be an author? Oh, as soon as you book. start writing, right. you're an author. Yeah. There it is. You're just not good at it. You're authing. <laughs> you're authing. <laughs> you're one who auths. Authoring. <laughs> Love it. But it's yeah. It's just like you can yeah. You can do it consistently and get good at it, and then you can start to identify it by it. Right. But sure, whatever. Right. Um, of course, of course, there are levels to the game. Right. But, but right. you want to be that thing, then you just define what that what exactly you want within that and you just right. head towards that thing. No, 100%. So you're in college during this time. What did you define as your thing? Like what was, because was Nashville know. the goal? Like, oh, I'm going to, I don't mm-hmm. think it was, right? Mm. I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why I left. And what were you doing musically? I was nothing. Really? You weren't canoodling with Knutson? I was never, that's, I never noodled good. with the newt. <laughs> <laughs> if that was not his 100, 101 class, then that, he was doing himself a disservice. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just, he's, just new, he's literally leaving money on the table. Yes. He could have 60 students every semester. Dude, he would, um, I guess, uh, he would show up to class sometimes and he would, amazing teacher, one of the best I've ever had, like really pushed me to kind of like figure out. He was actually one of the biggest reasons why I figured out what I was doing. Yeah. Cause he like, he sat me down in a room and he like, he got really upfront with me and was like, hey man, like, I know you're questioning if you want to actually be at the school. Like, let's figure out why you're doing that, why you might want to leave, why you might 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 want to go into business school. I like that because that's what I was trying to leave for. And it was really important just to have someone to like sit down and be like, figure your yeah. shit out. Um, that's that's the best kind of teacher. It was, amazing. It was kind yeah. of like tough love, which was hard at the time. What's well, and it's and, not it's the opposite of like the evil of a lot of the education system, which is just, yeah, we're, I'm just going to push you into right. wh- whatever this thing is. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter if you don't actually have a future in this at all. Like, oh, I, I can see that you're disinterested in this, but I'm still, but you're here right. and, and and I want the money. Like, well, that's that's evil. Let, if you see that a person doesn't actually want that thing at all and it has nothing to do with their future, you need to, it's your responsibility to be like, yo, go right. free, my child fly the peacock man yeah. gotta let me fly <laughs> you ever heard oh pe- you ever actually heard peacocks in real life they're terrible no, they no. Make a horrible screeching sound it's not like the one i just made yeah, it's much worse you don't have any animals in here 
No, we should we should you have a live peacock, peacock in this room. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. I remember oh, what, th- there that was, was one that lived oh. right down the street from this place I used to practice with my old band in California, and every time I'd hear it, I'm like, I think someone's in trouble. But I'm like, oh no, it's just that <laughs> damn peacock. Um, what was I saying before that? No idea. Oh no, the education system too. We can like ease back to the conversation, but um, no, like in education. Like, I think it's good to have, like, a very wide range of things that you are teaching. Mm -hmm. I think that's almost essential. You love that shit. You read philosophy. You read all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, Because I think there is value in getting, like, a wide range of information. But what Gordy did is he sat me down and was like, you got to be specific with what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. If you want to play in bands, play in bands. If you want to teach, teach. If you want to do this shit like do it yeah. <laughs> like don't do everything because you can't you can pick a select amount of things and be pretty freaking good at them sure mm-hmm. but you got to pick so he was really big with that um but you all he wasn't in every single day but uh you would know he was going to be in class because there'd be like the smell in the hall and he would walk around with like this pipe this like tobacco oh, pipe like yeah. old school like 1930s pipe. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> makes me so happy. It would like linger through the hallways and like, oh, Gordy's going to be here. <laughs> I didn't practice, man. <laughs> Jeez. And he would wear these um, Steve Miller band sweatpants and Steve Miller band t-shirt <laughs> oh, and Steve that. Miller band hat. <laughs> Did he sell merch uh, in class? <laughs> he showed up under the table. <laughs> All right, take back my earlier comment about him not understanding <laughs> Marketing or like that's that's genius. I didn't know they made sweatpants. That's awesome. Dude, they got the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty funny. Um, but no, that was really big. I didn't really take in his information when he mm. told me initially. Yeah. It's like whatever, dude. Like you don't even know me. I'm gonna move to Colorado and become a businessman. So I took, went to CU Denver and took a bunch of business classes and did all that and. Like, you, you kind of know when you're not doing what you want to be doing. There's, like, something you're just, like, you feel, like, uneasy. Yeah. Like, not fulfilled or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever cheesy term you want to use. But, you like, you don't feel like you're doing the right thing. Um, I kind of felt that, that at the time. It's like, whatever. Um, then went to CU Boulder. Uh, went into the marketing school there. Which is cool. It was nice, I think. Marketing is a really good thing to learn. Almost yeah. just for the sake. Everybody I would agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As we're both in marketing. It. Yeah. A little bit biased. But everybody yeah. everybody's a marketer. If you like, learn a little bit of marketing, what you're really you're learning is psychology on some level. Totally. You're understanding, understanding why people, people are interested in audience. Right. We, we were talking with Jeff Adamy last episode because he I was asking him what other hobbies he has and marketable traits, and he was like, Well, I don't think I really have any. I'm like, no, you definitely do. Whether it's yeah. I mean, he puts out good content and covers and transcriptions. Yeah, he's even got a meme you know, page. He's a meme really? page. Yeah. What? How do we not talk about that? I, I that's a miss. It's that, that's a major <laughs> it's a miss. miss. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's it's actually it's called Nema Actually Jeff. Really? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I know, right? Are you serious? Yeah, it what is. Do you mean page like Facebook page? <laughs> oh, it's on Instagram. He didn't bring that up. Yeah. Okay, so you, uh, you're in school and right. you're kind of having these feelings of n- maybe not being fulfilled or like you had this 
are you, so at this point you're doing marketing, right? And what and what mm. are you doing musically? Like, are you at this point thinking about Nashville or thinking about your career in music and drumming? No. So this is, I went to see you at um, 2016, and then I was doing the marching band there, which was so fun because like I gotta kind of like reunite with all my high school drumline buddies, yeah. which is kind of cool. What did you play? Snare drum. Nice. It was so bad, but it was so fun. <laughs> yep. Um, did that for a bit, and I've always been teaching. Like teaching was before high school. Like I would teach like neighbors out of my parents' basement, and then got I went to Afterbeat Drum School was like a little studio in Louisville, which is like 15 minutes away from Boulder. I taught there for a bit. Um, and then McNally, I kind of took a break from teaching. And then once I got back to Boulder, I started teaching again. So I've always kind of been doing that on the side, also kind of Swiss cheese. Um, and just like taking any gigs that come my way otherwise. And then I think junior year of college, then I started playing with a band called Gorilla Fanfare, which is like second line New Orleans type music, which is so is. fun. Oh my gosh. Dude, we'd play like... We'd play in funerals sometimes, like because it was like celebrating life, yeah. and it was like New Orleans type stuff. Uh, Big New Orleans on the celebration part. I would love to have a second line funeral, by the way. Oh my so God. Yeah. if I if I die, yeah, there. request yeah, yeah. the band that gets played at your yeah. funeral. We'll play. Like, you heard it here, folks. If I die young, <laughs> I want well. If I die young or not, I want a second line funeral. But if if I die young, I would like Young Taylor. To, to play at my just second me. line funeral. That'd be amazing. Just saying. Well, you wouldn't want a Broadway band to play those country hits? And... That's the after party. <laughs> just <laughs> just yeah. Because you will have an after party. Oh my gosh. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, man. play, please. You don't get a play, say over this. Play Country really Girl don't. Shake It at my funeral. <laughs> please. Like you could book all of it and sign a contract, but at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to be there to really witness I, it. I also so want someone to play change. I'm Walking on Sunshine on bagpipes. That's, that's <laughs> Dude, bagpipes. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. It's going to be a joke. We're going to make it happen. My, my funeral is going to be a banger. Just <laughs> So did you tour with this group? We did some shows in Seattle. Um, so I remember I, I feel like you've shown me some photos or videos of like you in this like stadiums. Or like, yeah. So where was that? You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> yeah. So um, played in funerals, in graveyards, and cemeteries. Yep. To uh, like breweries and shit, and then some theaters. Like there was the Fox Theater back in Boulder, which we would play at, um, just like warming up for people. We never headlined or anything, so we weren't like cool. Um, and then we were very cool. We weren't big. Yeah. And then. <laughs> but you headlined the funerals, right? It was just you. Yeah, yeah. A few warm-up you're, bands. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not the you're not the opener at the funeral. Of course not. You got to earn that. <laughs> and then, if, it, if it's any consolation, the opener will be the bagpipes of mine. You, you will be the headliner. Yeah, I want bagpipes. I'm too. Honored. Yeah. I'm honored. Yeah. Just, a lot of people sorry. don't like bagpipes. For me, that gets me like so motivated. Oh yeah. Like I want to put my freaking fist through the wall dude, right here. Bagpipes. Like when, I, when I'm dancing you know, at the gym. When I'm when I'm lifting <laughs> weights, dude. For sure. I'm blasting bagpipes in my ears. Oh my god. <laughs> that's not Good true stuff. but it's gonna be true next time yeah i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna try that I'm gonna, out i'm gonna give it a shot it's a good idea dan thank you 
This is how good ideas are born through this. Just like that. Through podcast. bullshit. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I actually, had, really is, I, I used to have a sign. I I, I wrote on my uh, on my snare. It said, "Bad ideas are a good idea." There you go. It was just my very, taught, taught myself to believe in <clears throat> in my BS. It's very Victor Wooten, very Victor Wooten esque. Oh yeah. Okay, um, I'll, I'll take there that. There are no mistakes. There are no wrong notes. Hmm. It's like Master Uguay. <laughs> Who is Master Uguay? From Kung Fu Panda. Oh, it is very Master Uguay. Yeah. <laughs> very Splinter. Very, very. From yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. Yeah. God bless. <laughs> we played from funerals to parks. <laughs> you had every, every target audience, starting from the bottom, quite, quite literally, and then you worked your way up to the living and... Yeah, um, and then Grizz, do you know that guy, the EDM artist? Grizz, no, I'm not familiar. I'm familiar. He's we're an unfamiliar. EDM artist. <laughs> he goes by Grizz. Collectively, we're unfamiliar. <laughs> um, is that short for something? I have no idea. Okay, I have no idea. He was hip though. He was cool. Uh, it's short for Christopher. Of course, of course. He shall be named <laughs> my Christopher, my child. Christopher, you're shitting me. So, he, how long were you playing with this group? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm Grizz? I'm, no, so, see, I've been so looking forward to this conversation because I yeah. I like to derail, and derailing we're, with the three of us is oh, actually yeah, it. wonderful. For me, it's like, how long can we get off topic there is no for rail. me to, yeah. to bring it back? If I remember what we were talking about. <laughs> That's we okay. need like that, a separate of... guy to keep track of what's going oh, on. We need to hire someone. We need an intern. To You're have talking about cards. cemeteries. So yeah, right. Stay on task. <laughs> All right, Remember, he does play yeah. drums. Yeah. This is sort of what we're supposed <laughs> to be talking about, but it's okay. Yeah, um, gonna, yeah a timer. Grizz reached out to us. Okay. and Dude. Or no, Grizz. he didn't reach out to us. Shit. He reached out to uh, the CU marching band. And like, we need, some, we need like a horn section to play a Red Rock show. It's just going to be for the final song. Grizz is going to come out with a new song. And he wants to make it this big ordeal. Um, but the CU marching band couldn't do it because it's like there's some like legal issues behind it. Whatever. So all of us were playing in the CU marching band. So we're like, oh, we should just do it. And then we did it. We played Broadway. Or we played uh, Red Rocks. Um, I think that's the picture I'm thinking of. Just a sea I think full of people, is. right? Yeah. How, tell us about that experience, because I know that for a lot of people, that's a bucket list I venue, think, right? Dude, it like, I haven't been the same since, man. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't played there, have you, Nate? No, I've never even been there. Yeah, but you know what you know what that is? Yeah. yeah. Even just to be there, even just... It like, looks super awesome. Just to see, just like, the view, and like, you don't even have to see a show there. I don't so think. are the rocks red, or is it like a huge no, different, there's no different mixtures? Oh, there's yeah. no rocks? No. Interesting. Yeah, there's rocks. There's... Okay. Yeah, two giant rocks on each side, and it's, sorry, and you can kind of like overlook the whole amphitheater and get a good view of... Clarifying, um, there's, on each side there are two rocks, or there's, on either side, there's a rock that's giant. One more time. Two I feel like this is a great rocks. example. You said, there's, um, you said there's two giant rocks on each side, so do you mean that there are two rocks total, and on, on each side there's one, or each side has two giant rocks? Oh, there's one this is big rock to the story. on your right. Okay. And on your left. Okay, because I didn't want to show up and be expecting right. d- double the amount of rocks. Have you been to Red Rock? <laughs> Singular rock? <laughs> just, just one of them. 
I've seen a red rock. Okay. No. Okay. Way. Red rocks. So we played it, and it was so cool. And okay, I've I've transferred into actually pissing off Dan. <laughs> no, 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 it's um, good. Um, <laughs> and um, that's why I drink every dude, episode. It's <laughs> I drink because of you. <laughs> it's crazy to see something of that caliber, because he rented out. There's an event center in a Fort Collins, which is pretty far away from Red Rocks, but he can just rent it out. For rehearsal that's insane to set up the whole show and the whole stage and to go through the whole production rents out a whole event center that's crazy we play in my living room <laughs> with no kit because we can't make too much sound right like it's crazy to see that that's even possible right the the scope the scope of which those guys are are operating on is on it's it's a yeah it's a different level people yeah. don't actually don't understand it you don't understand it until right. you see it um Maybe not even seeing it once isn't really worth it. When you kind of get that through the, oh, we're not gonna sidetrack. Um, but through oh, the do it. through drum tacking, like you get to see the same thing. Like you get to see a whole different side of things. Well, that's true. Although it was not, it was not like a glamorous experience by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. Right. In my, in my particular thing, but it was it was still a, a different world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to see. Yeah. Variety. Um, but he rented the whole event center out to practice. And we showed up like not having any parts written for us. And we're like, hey, what do, you, what do you want? Like, what do you want us to play? And he's like, oh, just figure it out. Like spend like an hour and listen to the song. And just play something when you come back. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, not stressful. Got it. Right. Um, paradiddle. Um, little roll here. And like we did it and it sounded fine. He was just like overly enthused about just like the worst playing we've ever done in our lives, and we're like, so you're playing is. drum set at this point with this group? No, so this, so this is, is the this is the the horn section. So this is with Gorilla Fanfare, that okay. second line New Orleans, New Orleans band. Um, it was that band with a uh, drum line. Okay, so you're playing snare. Yeah, so I was playing snare, gotcha. and then we had a few bass drum players, and then a few quads. Um. Wow, what a cool gig. That's not common. I mean, for anyone that's done drum corps, like, you don't find yourself doing those gigs. No, no not, not at really. all. <laughs> it, uh, it's, I think it's getting more common. Um, the staff at CU is the drumline for Odessa, which is another pretty big EDM yes. artist. Yeah. So <clears throat> they drum with them, which is kind of cool. So it's kind of interesting. Wow. Once you move into the EDM world, like there's less drum set and more drum line stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, because it's it's drum sounds. Yeah, yeah drum yeah. sounds, rhythms, yeah. and yeah, yeah, build ups and drops. Right. Um, but we did that, and like the backstage at Red Rocks is like crazy. There was like a buffet before you went on stage, and like the green rooms were unreal. It's like couches water yeah th that's what i that's what i figured like hydration i mean all a of the fan <laughs> no way bro I used to, dude <laughs> used to green room being a, a tiny the little bar. closet Bathroom. that you have to throw a homeless guy out of <laughs> right uh, man but it's just cool it's cool to see that that different side of life um and that's just how he lives like he makes his living on music and just like tours like that. I, I've, cool I've been thinking about lately 
what the life of the giant DJs has to be like. And I'm like, what an interesting thing because you're essentially making all of the stuff beforehand and then you're just kind of like performing it. On, you're just like on stage, like moving around. Yeah. Because you're, I mean, it's just, right. you just press play. They don't have to do anything. Right. Well, there's, I think there's a lot to it, even more than I'd get. Because um, I'm trying to move into that scene with yeah. this like loop and stuff that mm-hmm. I'm working on. Um, but I was talking about that with someone uh, this morning and it's it's a different kind of art. Mm. Like uh, in live music, when everything's acoustic, it's all played live, obviously. It's more of like, I don't know how to really say it, but like more authentic in some ways and it's more natural and like more opportunity for mistakes and it's more like organic, obviously. But when you have like produced stuff like EDM, where it seems like you're just pressing a button, or if mm. you're doing samples, or if you're doing triggers, it's almost like a painting. It's mm. almost like a still photo hmm. of like you can't recreate that live. The just the keyboard sound like right. it's fake. Yeah, it, just by the way it is. Like right. you're not just by its nature, it's not going to be performed live. That's just not how it works. Right. So you have all these producers now, like in the electronic world, like EDM, and it's all still unable to perform live different. Like everybody bags on people that play the backing tracks. Not me. Just because we're, yeah. I don't know. I think it's yeah, like, not me. it's just like a different kind of art. Yeah. It's different. Yeah, it's, it's, totally. I think it's changing in some ways. Music won't go away. It's just going to change. And to me... One, because you can't play in any big band right now without having an SPD-X. Is that what yeah. it is? Yep, it's oh. a model. Yep. Six pad thing? Yep. Yeah. You can't play in a big band without having that. You can't play in a big band usually without having any backing tracks. Usually. Some people. To me, it's just like moving more towards that like painting type music. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But oh. I just think it's interesting. I think it's cool. I think it's cool to see where music potentially is going. And, you know, because Nashville's kind of different. Nashville's kind of hung in the past in some ways on not in any bad way, but like a lot of musicians move here because this is kind of the one of the few cities that actually has live music. Yeah. Live music with no backing tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, what you're seeing being played is what you're actually hearing. Mm. Sometimes it's not the case. And like the EDM stuff, it's like produced before samples or it's just a different kind of art. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited yeah. to see what you do with it, man. I'm, I've been. It's getting there. It's close. I'm going to quote Palpatine here. I'm watching your career with great interest. <laughs> It's Dan doesn't know what I'm talking about. No, I'm not even gonna pretend. Star that I Wars. Did. You never fucking watched Star Wars. No, right? I watched Star Wars, but I just no, I don't remember haven't. that quote. Yes, I have. Yeah, I'm not a Star Wars geek or anything. Have you seen Lord of the Rings? I, yes. That was the not. Kind of a, that was not a real yes. That was a half yes. I know because mm. watched well, The Hobbit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is this was gonna get edited out. If it's in any way shaming me, then it gets <laughs> cut out. That's the benefit to editing. That's um, Yes, okay. I want to definitely talk about what you're doing with looping. Mm-hmm. 
but at first I kind of want to backtrack a little bit because uh, you mentioned that you like have always been teaching, right? And you've kind of always had a thing for education, right? Mm-hmm. And you're actually a published author, right? Yeah, and I like, always forget about that. Taylor Offs. Yes. Ta- Taylor's one of the I'm, most humble. Yeah. You're one of the most humble guys I've met. Would you agree with that? I'm just yeah. math, dude. I mean, there's not many guys at, at our age, at your age. We're not the same age. We're close enough. Dude, I'm like way I'm the old one, right? You. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're older. It's okay. Yeah, I am. It's, it's all relative. But so you, you are a published author. I wanted, I'm wondering your... So where did that love for education begin? And talk about how that evolved into a book. Like, yeah. where did that come from? And tell us about the book, too. Dude, I just think teaching is like... For me, it was so helpful because I learned from so many different teachers back in the day. Like there was, um, when I first got my drum kit, there was a guy named Don Newby. How old were you when you first got your kit? The guy. I got my first kit when I was 10, 8 or 10, I think. Something like that. And my parents were like, you suck. You need to get some lessons. I'm like, I think so too. Is your, I'm just, uh, sorry to interrupt are your parents musical? Like, was that where you no. first developed? It's only, No, so my mom was, she was in choir. All right. Okay. Um, and she was, it was like a traveling choir. They would play in travel to separate, <laughs> different places. I get it. Yeah. While singing. The definition of travel choir. They're in traveling choir, but they played harmonica and... <laughs> and they didn't go anywhere. <laughs> They, yeah, they just knitted on the road. It was really weird. That is weird. But they said they were trying to go Never really got it. Um, <laughs> you're killing me. Um, my dad played trombone in high school. Also, it doesn't Careful, count. it's going to fall off. <laughs> With the slightest touch. That cat hair again from the cat you've been hiding from. Trust me, I don't have a cat. Do you have a mascot? It's not. Hey, what? Mascot? Going back to the peacock. Yeah, sorry. Oh, wow. that's That feels like ages ago yeah, we talked about that. That was a separate track. Yeah, that, was, that felt, yeah, it does feel like several years since we talked about the peacock. How long have we been in this room? It's hard to oh. tell. There's no there's no outside light, so we could have been in here for yeah. 10 minutes or 17 hours. It's like a casino. Really? Yeah. That's why we need to hire someone to just have a timer going. You should, what you You're should do is stand again. Times. You need yeah. to get a slot machine in the corner. That's what's really going to turn this up for the guests. <laughs> huh, we, need a, we need a gag. We do. By the way, I'm going to take a break and give us a word from our sponsor. Brought to you today by Dirt. Dirt. It's what's on the ground. (laughs) Um, Parents didn't play. (laughs) I don't even have a response to that. I can do it. Um, uh, Parents didn't play, but my parents didn't play. But they've always been very supportive. But they've always been very supportive. Okay, that, that's except what I'm when they at. apparently told you that you suck. They didn't say yeah, that well, verbally, yeah, just yeah. with their expressions. Um, no, aren't you good yet? They've always come been on. Um, but no, like I, I think I'm super fortunate that I've had so many teachers mm-hmm. back in the day. Is I got to go to the guy <laughs> in town, Don Newby, this like Berkeley graduate who had like a dope drum kit, played in a blues band, um, and then. I went to a Zeppelin tribute show when I was in like maybe middle school, like seventh grade or something. And the drummer was Nate Barnes, who's played in a band called Rose Hill Drive. And they got to warm up for like The Who and Aerosmith. Wow. All the, and Van Halen. 
like all the it's time. Major X. Crazy shit. And my dad was like, we're going to find him. We're going to reach out to that guy and you're going to get lessons. Oh, that's so cool. That's amazing, yeah. And somehow, uh, <laughs> somehow my dad tracked him down. Like what dad and would, you know. He find, yeah, he, that, that's, he was that's out amazing. for blood. Yeah. Like <laughs> he, he was going to find that guy, yeah. which is amazing. And he did. And that guy taught me for six years and taught me so many things separate from drumming. Like, of course, he taught me drums, obviously. But like just how to be a person, how to sound check well. Wow. No one knows how to sound check well. They're like, oh, give me your bass drum. They're like, they're like feather tap it. Like, right. You need to play how you're going to play. That's why they want your bass louder. drum. Right. Yeah. Silly stuff like that or just like... I feel like that's what makes the best teachers. Or it's, I think you would agree. A little like they teach you about life. They teach you about yes. still musical applications. Like you said, how to sound check. Right. Like how to show up to a gig. Like not just the right, left, left rudiment kind that's of stuff. Given. Yeah. All the other stuff. Yeah, I, I, I do, I do agree. That. Yeah. That's, that's kind of something that I, so I've, I've tried to bring to the table with my students and I've said it to several of them. Like, look, you may have come to me because you wanted to be a better drummer, but my goal is not to just make you a better drummer. I want you to have a great life. So yeah. yes. like if I, whatever I can impart to you, whatever modicum of wisdom I can give in just your general life that's going to make everything better for you, I want to do that. Right. So, Dude, the thing that holds people back from, I always say this in the live streams that I used to do, um, but like everybody, most people are trying to get from point A to point B and it's rarely they're drumming that's holding them back. Rarely. Yep. That's a good point. It's almost always mentality. That's me. Um, that's everything. That's, that's, that was yeah. me for the last four years. Literally me. Mm. Yeah. And All, yeah. Dan. And Ethan. And Jeffrey. It's everybody. Right. Once you clear the mud and focus extent. on that, then all of a sudden you have a, you know, a breath of fresh air to focus on, right. on the thing. 100%. But never talk. I think to me that's not enough. Crazy, yeah. not enough. That's true. Um, and of course, it's all to varying degrees. But like, of course, you can drum. Like, practice drums for a month. You did it. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> you'll get better. Like, yeah, but is that going to translate into your goal? Right. Into whatever it, it you know whatever your goals are: getting gigs, right? Playing arenas, whatever you're trying doing to do. studio work. You know. But if you're trying to and everybody has different goals too, but like most people love to play live music and that's why they're here and that's why they moved across the freaking country to do it. And you can be the best drummer in the world, but if you're like an ass, it's not going to happen. But so many people, like they like get caught up. That wasn't like, me looking at you like you're an ass, so you're yeah, not. Yeah, right. that, that was me. Thinking, <laughs> I didn't think so. That was me cause... thinking of a name that I'm not going to mention. I Did he like, touch a nerve? <laughs> no, I was, I, Yo, was, okay. I was just like. Now I'm going to sidetrack for a second. Yeah. You know Entourage, <laughs> a show on HBO? I, I know it, but I've never watched it. Oh my hey, God. Look at that. Yes. You, something you've seen, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, you know Entourage? Oh my God. It's, it's a great show. show. <laughs> I used to watch that growing up. It's just a bunch of bros in Hollywood, and it's so real. But I mean, it's a written script, so it's all characters. But I'm. Uh, one of the main guys, Ari Gold, plays a part. He's like a the the asshole business guy, right? And he recently started a podcast um, that I've been listening to. And now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> you were talking about being a, being an ass, but being good at th something. Yeah, say, though, different goals. There's a connection. There. Point A to point B, drums. Something holding you back that's not your skill set. 
It's your mentality. Forget it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Whatever. You just won't use this. There was something there. No, if it comes have... back. If it comes back. I'll just you. blurt it out. Yeah. yeah. I got it. Make a scene. <laughs> this section of the podcast brought to you by <laughs> the sky. Yeah. The sky. It's Changes always up there. Second. Even if you don't look. Even if you can't see it. Even if you're trapped underground. Oh <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, no. So, yeah, it's rarely the problem. Drumming is rarely the problem. And uh, I think it's almost like easy to get good at drums sometimes too. Yeah. Because there's a huge access to teachers. Everybody's trying to be a teacher. Everybody. Everybody wants to teach so bad. Everybody has a website. Everybody has like the little DM me for uh, lessons on Instagram yeah. or Facebook. Everybody's doing it. Not everybody's good at it, but everybody's doing it. So there's access to teachers and they're all good because they also had access to things like Instagram and YouTube and like all these platforms to learn. So to me, the problem isn't, not that there's a problem, but the thing for a lot of people isn't the process of learning drums. It's the process of almost just like getting out of your own head and just like network, be able to learn songs, be able to just maybe go out in public sometimes. That's hard. Be able to do whatever, communicate with people, be able to respond to texts fast, leave voicemails, <laughs> whatever. Oh, man. Like, I think that's the real <laughs> tricky part. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Me too. We all are. <laughs> no, well, that's, like, yeah. I think I could be playing, I could be doing my dream gig right now, I think, if I understood this stuff earlier. Hmm. I think. Mm. Or if I that stuff earlier and if I kind of chose earlier. If yes. I was 14 and like, I want to be a Same. live looper, I want to move to Nashville and I would be a great communicator. If I was 14 and That's I That's how you sounded when you were 14. It was probably worse. Yeah. Because I had like some buck teeth. I had a freaking like, I couldn't say my R's either. Oh man. Yeah. Did you have your teeth Dude, I've shortened? had like eight. Yeah, have you never had teeth shortening surgery? <laughs> See, sponsored by Delta Dental. That's what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes, there it is. Uh, Dude, Delta's everywhere. They're across the street. That's before this episode. Really? We were we were, we were, talking about sponsorships, which we are open to, right? You should get uh, like some GoPros, give them a close-up of your smiles. Yes. <laughs> Drumming and teeth. There's a, there's a connection there. I'm sure there is. Somewhere. But no, that, that's the segue. There's something I want to talk about with you because... Like, I feel like you are, I mean, you are, you're super personable and you are a really good communicator. And I know when I first met you, you already knew like everybody in town. I was like, but you've been here for less time. And so what, like, what is your approach on networking? Like, how have you had that success here in Nashville? Yeah. Like, what is your, John McGrath. and we've talked about this a lot. Like John now, McGrath did it. Yeah, it was him. <laughs> oh, that's but, there, but there's a reason. But you're good friends with John. You're good friends with us yeah. and other people. Right. How have you navigated moving to a new city? Qu quick aside, just be, when he's saying that for people who are listening, John McGrath is a great mm. bass player who one of the best I've played. Moved with here. here somewhat recently. Yeah. Fantastic player, fantastic humor, absolutely, uh, and yeah. and just a great dude. Hundred percent. And he's got the coolest bass strap I have ever seen. So yeah. Everyone yeah. says that. Yeah. I haven't seen him or played with him without someone being like, dude, what's that strap? Yep. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a wooden strap. I forget. If you <laughs> it's 
made of human skin. <laughs> if, you're, if you're out there in the wild and you run into John, just put your hand on his shoulder and what say, bless you and your strap, and then move on. Bless it be the strap. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, dude. I think it's always people. Like, I think no matter what you're trying to do, if you're trying to get good at drums, if you're trying to get good at communicating or whatever, it's always people. Like, you can't get good on your own. You can get pretty freaking good. Like, I always think everybody uses Elon Musk as the example of just like productivity and success and everything. As because he's like, a valid reason for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's some, yeah, there's some ground behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ground under it. There's some ground above it. Some dirt. There's some, some space, too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, oh God, he, well, like he made, this is going to be the best podcast just ever done. Mess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it might be three hours, but it's okay. It'll be worth it. He started a car company. He no shot, way. He, really? Have you heard about this guy? What's it called? <laughs> I don't know. I don't see movies. <laughs> he didn't say it was a movie. Come on. It's yeah. He works this, with this guy called Spider-Man. Is it a startup? <laughs> Wait, spider Okay. Started a car company, started like a rocket company. Yeah, we all know. Started a um, flamethrower business shortly. Yeah, wow. briefly, like in one day. Yeah. But my point being yes. is like, yes, he did a lot of that and he funded a lot, a lot of that. And like he slept overnight at the factory and, you know, worked his ass out for it. But it's not just him. It's like, it's also the people around him. Hmm. And like, what's the... Um, uh, when he was starting out, he was part of like this community where everyone was successful. Um, oh shit! Do you not know what I'm talking about? I don't. No. I don't think oh so. no. Um, PayPal. It's like the PayPal, PayPal mafia. Mafia. Yeah. Now I really wish I remembered more about it. Um, I'm intrigued. Jamie, can you pull that up? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm. It's gonna be horribly butchered, but the PayPal mafia was like all these really successful people like musk and other successful people <laughs> that worked at paypal yeah. before paypal was paypal so musk was obviously like the most famous out of all of them but everybody else started like famous companies and startups and it's your community gotta love everyone yeah got okay yeah yeah I've got, I've got it right here yeah group of former paypal employees and yeah. founders who have since right. founded and developed additional technology companies such as Tesla. but it's just i think it's like eight people and they got this like gang photo of them all okay. like, we're all gonna be millionaires well and, and that's and that's that says a lot about what your circle does to you yes you be, just being yeah. around people who are doing the right things will help you move in that direction mm-hmm. but you don't get that until you're in it right okay like, because i sure it's i was so a, my former roommate was was that way i was like uh, when i was hanging around him i suddenly was like oh i see all these opportunities for me to be succeeding yeah. that i have been missing and this yep. is blowing my mind yep. dude literally that's why i'm here literally why i hang around you yeah guys. Th- exactly was, you yeah. started the people you surround yourself with is so important yeah and I, I wish i figured that out earlier in life as well a hundred percent a hundred percent it's crazy but i want his hair and that's why yeah. i hang out with him what you me. have the coolest yeah. hair what? no i don't i look like Ooh. a bird a bird i want <laughs> that i've never seen a bird <laughs> a peacock there it is <laughs> all right it's all connected now <laughs> 
your I need your hair and your fashion sense. I want your ability to uh, you. to draw people to you and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we can all learn something from somebody else from each other. hundred percent. So important. You can, even if they're like kind of like a shitty person, you can still learn something from them. That was so. There's one musical person in my family. His name is Jim Philippi, and he plays drums. And he's left-handed, hmm. and he wears drum gloves. Drum gloves. And drum gloves. Yeah. I'm anti-gloves, like, all the way. Just fun fact. Tell me about old Jim. <laughs> um, Nate's very interested. <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, no, but that, that was, like, one of the first things that he told me. That, like, yeah. I don't said, think he, he said, be old and wear drum gloves? <laughs> no, he was talking about birds. Oh. No, he wasn't talking about birds. He was talking about <laughs> how you can learn from anybody. Okay. Um, because he was a teacher, too. And I think that was his main job is he just taught. He taught, ki- he taught kids out of his basement. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, like it was the first time that I heard someone say that you can learn as much from your student as they can learn from you. Mm, that's good. We've good all quote. heard it. Mm-hmm. But the first time you hear it, it's different. Yeah. It's just like it hits. Have you ever stolen an idea from a student like directly? Never. I've never stolen anything I've ever. Al- <laughs> Hmm. Everything I've ever played is something I came up with. This guy's too good. (laughs) He's just too good. Dude, of course. Yeah. Dude, there's some there's probably some stuff in my book that came from a student. Very likely. And then you you, like you can go deep with that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Like he was the first person that showed me dynamics in this one specific type of a song or Mm. whatever. Like there's endless ways you can draw that. Well, I love to you, and you kind of you kind of touched on that. You can, you can learn from people, in the negative sense too. Like you can learn from people that are don't do that. that are, yeah, wow, I really don't want to be that. We can yeah. we can edit on here. I want to be able to add a bleep. So let's add, add a bleep when I say this name. There's a drummer by the name of <laughs> who is a giant. <laughs> My entourage connection just came. <laughs> it might not be worth it, but what he would do in the podcast, he would be like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mention names. And then he would say the name, oh, like nice. immediately after. Oh, nice! It's hilarious. <laughs> nice. Like, I'm not gonna name names. Brian Johnson. Like he'll just say it. <laughs> nice, nice. So nice. We, we should start doing that. He's a great, great player, and he's done some work with like uh, a big name, a big name band, mm. um, because he's so great. But he's just absolutely impossible as a human being. And like look, watching him interact with other people, I'm like. This is just a never ever be like this even a little bit. Right. There's there's so much to learn from everybody. But also like what a shitty life. Yeah. All that you're seeing is a glimpse, like a snapshot of what their life is like. Right. And they're getting pissed off at like the parking meter before they show up or yeah. getting pissed off at the sound guy. Like, oh shit, that's how you live? Yeah. Like that sucks. <laughs> like as annoying as it is to be around, just to fathom and imagine what that life is like. Right. And well like, and just, and like you said, if you're seeing a snapshot of that on say social media, then I'm like, then what is the, what's the rest of their life look like? Mm-hmm. It's just got to be we're just getting a glimpse of it. Just That's a nonstop suck. tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like wow. And it's all self-imposed. It you just totally did is. this to you. It totally is. And you're mad at the world for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this to me. But some people get caught up in that. Yeah. Like, it's just how it is. 
This is how my life works. It only happens to me. But not you, man. You're not that guy. No, no never. You're no. better than that. You're not that guy, dude. You're not that dude guy. <laughs> not that dude guy. Not that guy, dude. So I'm going to pull us back here. You mentioned, I want to go back to the book. Tell yes. us what book is it and where did that come from? Um, uh, you know, what, what was the genesis behind the book and like, yeah. yeah, well in like high school, I always wanted to write a book. <clears throat> I remember talking to my, my buddy, Jay Cunningham. <laughs> he would, uh, I would always talk to him about, like, I always want to make a book, but I just like, I don't know what it would be about. Cause like, like we know there's so many books out there. Like it's a pretty saturated market. A lot of paradiddle books, a lot of really great paradiddle books. A lot sure. of rudiment books, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, it's saturated books. Yeah, it's right. a lot. Yeah. Of course. But like, there's a guy named Scott. Nathan, do you know the Dilbert blog? Do you know? Dilbert? Scott Adams. Scott Adams. Dude, yeah. he's incredible. Yeah, he's freaking amazing. Abso- absolute, just a brilliant guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a freaking genius. Absolutely. Not familiar. He says something. Um, well, what does he do? He has the Dilbert blog, which I honestly don't really know what it is. I just know he has that. I don't. I don't know about that. I just listen. You know, do like his periscopes and and stuff like right. that. Yeah. Right. Um, but he uh, he says you either gotta uh, be in the top one percent of something, or kind of squeeze your way into a niche of something that hasn't been touched upon before in any given field or any given genre. Yes. So for books, that's the same thing. I. I honestly don't think I could write like a paradiddle book that's in the 1%. Yeah. Couldn't really do it or like a fill book or groove book or whatever. So I started writing a book that was maybe kind of focused on feet. Like, oh, like some people want to learn about how to put their bass drum in grooves. Like, I'll make that. Well, I that. feel like it's the weakest part of a lot of people's playing. We sure. forget about what yeah. our feet are, specifically the left foot. Yeah. Right. right. Which is. Yeah, where we're well, getting yeah. here. So it started hat. out as both feet, mm-hmm. just because I thought it was something that I guess I didn't really see, and it's something that I was passionate about and like thought was cool in the drumming world. Um, but then I started to take lessons with people in the area, um, just about like, hey, like, do you have any like grooves that you use your left foot in? And there were few people that did it. I remember there was one teacher in Denver. Ryan Elwood, who, <laughs> who had the a, pause, the stare, and the uber enunciation on each one of these humans. Not yeah, to right? name drop yes. or anything. He was the Ryan one. Ryan <laughs> Elwood. Like a big text across the screen. <laughs> yes. With <Yeah>. fire. <laughs> um, he was the one guy in the area that actually used his hi hat foot. So in, in ever really seen Boulder. Uh, yeah, like Boulder, Denver area. Okay. And so I reached out to him and I was like, hey, what the heck was that? He was like, oh, let me show you. And he was doing like, he was doing his hi-hat foot on the E's and U's. Uh, his hand would hit the hi-hat on the ands, And then bass and snare were alternating normally. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, but maintaining that closed hi-hat sound, mm-hmm. which you don't really see. And I was like, well, that's so cool. So... Um, I kind of as I'm took, sitting here tapping that out with my hands and feet. Yeah, that's cool. 
Uh, it was kind of tricky to keep that hi-hat closed. Yeah, to keep to keep, keep that, that closed sound would be really, really right. challenging. But he could do it, and he would throw it in just like normal songs. That's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I always love that kind of stuff, like where you can do something really fancy and kind of tricky, but have it be musical yes. at yeah. the same time. That's always totally uh, to me. My, that's actually something I've set out to do. That's your shit. Yeah, yeah I'm like, I, I want to... <laughs> kind of a dick move but i'm like well if i'm recording something like, oh, i want to i want to play it and make it sound really easy until you try to do it and then you're like yes. oh i actually can't do that right mm-hmm. like nah, dude uh i'm irreplaceable <laughs> <laughs> the 50 ways to leave your lover beat oh yeah yeah everybody listened to that it's like uchu cat uchu cat like that's mm. easy yeah <laughs> that's the and, magic behind an amazing yeah part or you know film yeah, yeah. technique like making it sound super simple to the audience yep right and even drummers it's like oh yeah he's just doing that and yeah gad like, oh. is incredible at that mm, obviously totally. Vinny yeah. and Stuart copeland all those guys they're just like they're yeah. making they're making ideas that sound like oh it's pretty uh, if you're not paying attention to it you don't realize how ridiculous it is right and, right. and that comes from like complete mastery mm-hmm. right 100%. yeah so much practice okay so you're hearing him do all this cool hi-hat stuff mm-hmm and you were already interested in, in that kind of your playing? Like, how, how did that develop from, oh, this is cool, to I'm going to write my own book about the hi-hat? So the name of I your think... book is The Sly Hat, right? Yeah. So Shit, did I not say that? You didn't. That's okay. I'm, I'm here for you. We got you. This podcast actually brought to you by The Sly Hat. <laughs> yes. Not actually, actually, yeah. but we want you to check out the book. Buy, <laughs> buy, buy his book. We want to promote other, other drummers. I mean, that, that is yeah, sort of the... Thank you. That's the goal, I'd say. To, you know, yeah. this slide hat brought to you up. by this podcast. Yes, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> which happened first? <laughs> that was definitely the book. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, but mystery so, of the universe solved. <laughs> yes, talk us through that transition. So it started. Yeah, it started out as, as like a book that was just focused on feet. Um, then I started taking those lessons with that guy. Thank you <laughs> to get me back on track. Uh, it's kind of like in the marketing world you start out really broad with your like i'm doing a lot of google ads so um with the company that i'm working at and when you start those google ads you have your reach really broad so it's reaching a a lot of kind of different niches and different types of people and the more data you get the more you hone it down towards a specific niche and towards a specific group um, I feel like the book kind of worked that way also. It was like, okay, it's going to work on like all f- feet, grooves and fills and patterns and exercises. Like, yeah. that's 20,000 pages. Like, but but maybe, I feel like, to your point, I feel like that already is pretty niche. So, it wasn't, it was, so, right. it wasn't a, so originally it wasn't just like a, a groove book or paradiddle. It was already focused on the lower extremities. That's true. Hi-hat, kick drum. Yeah. So then eventually it transformed to just the hat. And then, yeah, yeah. Then, it, then I think the more lessons that I took with those people, uh, the teachers in the area, the more I kind of liked and thought that the left foot grooves were more unique and there was more to do with it to where you could use it in grooves and you could use it in fills. You could use it for kind of like trap sounding grooves with yeah. like the fast hi-hat sounds. Which you've developed beautifully. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you can Big use fan. like the... like four-way, three-way flam shit with it too. Yeah. 
where you're like hitting all that in one motion. Um, like that stuff, I think like I'm proud of very few things, but like that's I'm proud of that shit of like the four way flam stuff and the trap stuff because I honestly don't see many people doing that. Kind Dude, of as stuff. you should be. And I mean, just you're playing alone, but then the fact that you wrote a book that's published by mm. Hudson, is that right? Yeah, Hudson. Like, that's that's incredible. So how did that get, so you wrote the book, how did that go from, okay, you wrote the book to now it's actually published and it's out there and, because mm-hmm. you're, um, at this point, are you still in college or are you, and you're still in Colorado, right, throughout all this? Yeah, yeah. So I think I published it and self-published it. So through Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing, yep. you can put anything up. <laughs> you know, to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> um, they'll take it. Through yeah. their regulations. Um, and they'll print it for you. They'll ship it through Amazon. Just like all on their own. You're making like very little money. I wasn't really worried about the money at the time. Um, I just wanted to like, I just wanted to make a book. And that's it. Um, so I sent it to, uh, that Amazon Kindle direct publishing did all the artwork myself, which was just atrocious in the beginning. Um, it got like a little better, uh, <laughs> just a picture of a left foot. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Just barefoot, like taken on my phone. Um, uh, did that. And then. I reached out to like Modern Drummer and they did a little review of it, which was cool. Like everything was me, like just so many emails, so many just reaching out to friends, just being like, hey, I wrote this book. Like, is there any advice you have for me or is there like anything you'd suggest I do just to kind of get this up? Maybe I want to get it published. I just want to kind of get it out there. I would drive to drum stores, be like, hey, I wrote this book. It's called Sly Hat. About drums in the left foot. They're like, that's cool. So, and <laughs> dude, some I went to, I was visiting someone in Boston one time, and I brought the books, and I was gonna go to all the local drum stores, and I walked into a few stores, and it's like little, like, I don't know, eighteen-year-old me, nervous as shit, and like, hey, I wrote this book. Um, do you mind like putting it in your store? And it's like this big old fucking guy, and he's like. He like lost his shit on me because I was trying to sell him a book. He sent me away and like, all right, whatever. Uh, what? But yeah, dude. Then is he still in business? I don't know. I got I got They got that. mad at you? Yeah. As an eighteen-year-old, he's like, "This is not how you should be doing this." Like, whatever. What is, dude, dude, what I was gonna compliment you. Like, you're, yeah, yeah you were doing so much at that you age. Sh- no, yeah. You shouldn't. Have, you can't come in here with a book that you wrote, <laughs> yeah. child. Let me educate you. Dude. No, you fucking idiot. Let me educate you. <laughs> I wrote a book. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, wow. It's wild. And I was shook by it. Um, and so it was printed. But, was it also an online version yet? Was it digital or just No, print? this was printed. So Just printed. Yeah, okay. it was through Amazon. Gotcha. They printed every copy of it. Yep. Um, that is exceptionally terrible. I can't get over how, yeah, wow. how idiotic so that is. It was that. terrible. I'm sorry, man. You you de- you deserved to be treated with the utmost respect. And I that is think absurd. so too. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. Um, but yeah, did that for a long time, and then I think in yeah, 2020 during COVID, uh, 
I reached out a little before. I reached out to Joe Bergamini. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I got this book. been trying to get it published for my whole life. <laughs> like, do you mind helping me out? Like, if you have advice. I wasn't directly asking, like, hey, can you publish this book? I was like, hey, I'm trying to get this book published. Do you have any advice for me? Or do you have anybody that I can reach out to? Um, and, like, of course, I was, like, the 80th time I've sent out that email. and But... You're always like a little more nervous before you send it in a Joe Bergamini because he's like the guy. He's the publishing yeah, guy. He's, yeah. he's pretty well known in the drum industry. He's like a little more nervous to press that send button. Yeah. But he responded right away, which one is why he is where he is. Exactly. Because yeah. he's a great communicator. Great yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, was he nice to you? And he was nice. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, the guy who so actually strange. does stuff was actually a cool person. Yeah. Wow. Bizarre. Yeah. Well, that's why Bizarre. I asked. It's weird how that works business. out. Yeah. yeah. Strange coincidence yeah. yeah strange coincidence Must have been. yeah but i'm sure the guy at the corner music store had totally valid advice oh, yeah. for you yeah. successful sorry i'm not i'm gonna i'm gonna let yeah. that go but that, that guy really like, pisses me yeah. off no that, that's a that's a great he's like, living his life to the fullest extent yeah. for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's a good example of what not to be like you know we yeah, talked about like yeah. looking after people that have been like good examples and yeah. but that that's a good example of don't be like that yeah you can be Absolutely. an ass and work Absolutely. at the corner music store or you can be, be a like great Joe person Bernini. and be yeah. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> true all those guys Don Famularo like, yeah. yeah and so yeah Joe got back to me like right away and he's like yeah like I forget what he said but he was like yeah let, like, let's get it published send it my way and I'll give you some critiques and he's like, this is great. I think you should fix this, this, and this, like very kindly. And it needs a video series because it didn't. I didn't have any video to go along with it. It was just paper and notation. Um, and then, so I'm like, okay, cool. And then I reached out to my buddy, <clears throat> Max DiVincenzo. I know Max. You do know Max. We got to get Max on this podcast. Max is dope. Yeah. yeah. Come to Colorado. Yeah. Um, reach out to him and he's got like a little film production studio uh, and we filmed a little video series in a whiskey distillery <laughs> um, awesome. it was so fun um, it just happened again my dad helped me I, I went to them and was like hey I'm trying to find a place to record this video series and he was like oh my dad's in insurance he's like oh there's a guy that in- I insure and they got this cool little whiskey distillery with barrels. It might be cool to do it there. I'm like, yeah, cool. And he reached out. My dad reached out, not me, because good grief. It's amazing. And it turned out that one of the distillers would just set up his drum kit in the back room where all the barrels were because he liked the sound of the, the reverby room. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. amazing. So they're like, yeah, just set it up for free. Take a weekend. That's amazing. Like, wow. yeah. Take it. Be really loud for like forty-eight hours. I'm like, okay. Yeah, those videos, we'll we'll link to it. But those look and sound incredible. That was Max. Like, yeah, those are awesome. Right. Yeah. That was Max. Yeah, he's got a production studio where he does audio and video, and he helped me out with that like hugely. Um, and then I did all the editing, which takes forever, mm-hmm. which is a nightmare every time. Um. Yeah, did that. Sent it to Hudson maybe like a month before I moved to Nash. And then moved to Nash. Here we yeah. are. And yeah. Here we are. So yeah. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go there. Yeah. What was the sort of the catalyst for you moving to Nashville? What was the draw? Why Nashville? 
what I think first and foremost, I felt like I had to get away, not because I was avoiding anything, but just for the sake of getting away from living in my hometown my whole life, just to see what life is like mm-hmm. outside. And I think it's especially interesting to go from the West to the South. Not mm-hmm. that that's, this isn't like super South, because we're in a city. Yeah, south enough. I, I felt pretty, that way. It's way up South. New York. It's up South. North to South. But, you know. I think you got to see that. I think mm-hmm. I've always kind of lived by the mantra of like having to see the full spectrum of life. I think like my parents kind of like nailed that into me. Like meet all people, see all things, go all places. It's just more fun that way. Yeah. You get to actually see what life is like. Um, and I think, yeah, Boulder's pretty freaking liberal. Mm-hmm. And to go from that to here, it's we're in a city, so it is liberal. But yeah, like we'll have people but coming still, in. I mean, but it, but it is still the South. Oh, yeah. So it, yeah but it's yeah. different. You'll meet, yeah. yeah, you meet it's, people. I'm sure you have. It's just different. Mm-hmm. It's it. different. Yep. It's a different way of growing up, a different way of living. And I think because... Uh, I like that you said living, not living. Living, yeah. It's a different way of living. I'm a southern boy. And now you're a southern boy. <laughs> <laughs> the Entourage podcast, his name is Jeremy Piven. So the podcast is called Living with Piven. Living I think that's what it's called. It's, it's pretty slang. Like this podcast brought to you by... By Entourage. By, by Entourage. HBO. <laughs> yeah. What's with the snap? Is that is that a cue that's to, your, to yeah, edit that's out? Yeah, that's the music. This is your sponsor music. Yeah. Oh my god, it's awful. I do. I I really do want to record like I want to record like an intro like of all of us playing something. I need we need like a consistent intro music of us drumming. Yeah, we should do it in your storage unit. Just have massive reverb and we're all just shedding. Yeah, yeah, do it. That'd be so fun. Be cool. Can I live in your storage unit? Yeah, do it. It'd be so fun. He's actually serious. Yeah. For a little bit, dude. Hop in. I want to talk about that too, because like right another, now. another, another reason that we've really all connected, besides just being good friends, is like we've, you personally have set up these sheds and hangs at your storage unit yeah. here in East Nashville. Talk about that, like, because I feel like that sort of developed from your community in Boulder, right? There's a really strong sense of community in in Colorado. Would you say? I'd say there's more here. Yeah, more here. Honestly. Hell yeah. More. Nashville for the win. Honestly. Screw you, honestly, Colorado. Honestly. Um, uh, yeah, because I'm... I, this is not a sidetrack. This is going to relate, I swear. Um, I swear. The, like, I'm super into the running scene. I love it just because it, it is such a great community. Yeah. Um, and when I moved here, and this kind of ties in too, like, it was... from. I honestly think it was almost easy to get into a community just because everybody here is so willing to help and everybody's that Southern hospitality is so real. Um, and not like I'm not bagging on Boulder in any way, but I think there's something about this city specifically that's like very homey. Yeah. Very welcoming. Totally. And like I'll go and work in that coffee shop, uh, remote work at that coffee shop sometimes and there's a lot of people meeting up just because they moved to Nashville. And there's so many people here saying that they moved to Nashville because they didn't want to go to L.A. or they didn't want to go to New York mm-hmm. because it's so cutthroat. That's what they yes. always say. Yep. That's what they always say. It's more homey here. and People are willing to help. And that's another thing, too. Like, 
I reached out to a bunch of people when I first moved here, and even before I moved here, like people like Tim Buell was unbelievably helpful. Um, a whole bunch of people. I was like, hey, like I'm gonna move. I'm scared as shit. What yeah. do I do? Yeah. <laughs> like, how am I gonna meet anybody? How am I gonna find a place to practice? How am I gonna find a place? Anything. Yeah. I don't have a place to live. Where should I live? So you were reaching out to all these connections before you moved here. Yeah. Right. I think like a few months before, just because yeah. I was in a panic. Mm-hmm. I had to figure out what to do. Um, and I think, I don't know, like I never tried to move to LA or anything, but I think the people here are crazy nice. Yeah. Everybody, yes, everybody are. got back to me. Yeah. I don't think there was one person that didn't. That's, that's why I love it here. That's what I've experienced. It, it feels, I've been here about a year and a half. It feels like home. It doesn't feel like a, just another city. It's crazy. Yeah. And then you have people that move here and they're like, yeah, I just wanted to play live music. And then they move here for two months and they're like, oh my God, like, I'm playing live music. Yeah. Whether it's Broadway or touring or anything. If there's like, oh shit, it happened. Yep. Like, Did, didn't have to wait for long for that. Yeah. yeah. It, it's They're almost like shocked by it. Yeah. Like it happens so fast. You just have to go to a bar and I play drums and then people come swarming in like, oh, I need a drummer for this, this, and this, and this. It's true. It's amazing. That's the way it should be. It absolutely should be that way. It's community. It's always people. So I forgot your question. No. Um, <laughs> community. That, that's what it was about. Yeah. Talk about what you're what you're doing here in Nashville. Because you're. I feel like you're one of the more unique drummers here. Like you're not focusing a ton on playing live, right? At least not yet. No. I just. I love your mentality and your. Like, yeah, you, you've even said no as I've, I've yeah. offered you several things. You're like, no, I'm doing this thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, you really, and that's yeah, and that goes to what you talked about earlier in your philosophy. You're like, I'm just mm-hmm. going after the thing that I'm going after. Yep. I'm not really getting distracted by other things. I think there's yeah. a lot to that, and I think yeah. there's pros and cons to it. I could never leave my house and only work on looping stuff. And like writing songs and whatever. Right. And I could literally go insane pretty easily. <laughs> Within a week, I could be crazy. Oh, yeah. It, I would just have to. <laughs> You're probably bet. pretty close to doing that. Bet. Bet. <laughs> um, like I could never leave my place and just work on stuff, but there, there's obviously like a balance to all this. Um, yeah, so you, you're doing this whole looping thing, right? Talk about that. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? And yeah, what's the goal well, with that? Wait, sorry. To go back to the being specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because so he was talking about you've actually turned turned down. I've turned down gigs, some gigs, live gigs. Um, dude, honestly, like I know. Yeah, I know that I don't like playing some kind of live gigs. Mm-hmm. I've played in cover bands that were just like, I like I just remember like playing at midnight and just being like, "Fuck this." Yeah, it's like I don't like this. Some people love it. Yeah, they just love the fact that they're playing. I don't, I and don't, that's yeah, and and there's a limit to it. I'm, I'm playing. <laughs> but, I'm playing till like two thirty in the morning. Right. But yeah, yeah. Uh, for me specifically, because yeah. I'm my own individual person. Yes. Uh, like I don't like that kind of stuff yeah. to an extent. I'm taking some gigs. Like I'm playing next um, Sunday. With a girl named <clears throat> Aaron Jarvis. Um. But she's got like an electronic-y kind of thing. So it's like it Rad. fits within the kind of music that I want to be doing. Um, and then I'm playing with a girl named 
Charlie Reynolds um, next month just because like for the sake of being able to play and it is fun to play with people but mm-hmm. I think overall and ultimately I moved here to be around a bunch of musicians that like <laughs> that are better than me um, and just to kind of pursue the looping thing which where it is right now it might change but I've got like four or five songs that I think are almost finished. I'll come out with an EP with some like music videos to go along with it where I'm playing the stuff live. But I'd be looping with a buddy of mine. I'd be looping um, drums, keyboard, uh, vocals, and guitar. Dude, I can't wait for that. I'm so excited to see this. Yeah, Yeah, me too. I just, but I feel like you're going to take over the freaking world. Yes. And I'm just, I'm going to be like, Dan, we knew him when he was before that time. It's just, yeah. We knew him when he was just an author of a book published by Hudson Music. Exactly. It's just in that stage where it's all talk, though. It's but, All my yeah. friends know that I'm really good at talking about things I want to do. Mm. And but, but, I mean, you've been doing more than talking, obviously. I mean, you've, you've been, how long have you been actually working at this? Yeah, like a few years or a year. the past year, pretty seriously. A year, yeah, yeah. Because you um, put out a few teasers, and like it all sounds really awesome, dude. You're Thank you're like, a consummate doer, man. Like there's no yeah. there's no question in my mind. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even I fall into that trap of just like we all want to do so much shit, right? And we say so much shit, right? And we think like, oh well, now I said it, I'll do it. Like, yeah. Oh. Yes. Wait, and that's it, a lot to do. It's a, well, and, social it's, media. and even yeah, saying that you're especially. going to do it is is kind of a trap because your brain rewards it in the same way as totally. as having done it. Totally. Yeah. Like so, it's sometimes it's good to have these goals in your head and don't tell anybody mm-hmm. that yeah. you're like not not that I'm saying you shouldn't have told us. This is something you've not been working on solidly for years. It's so it's too late. I'm already doing it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You've already got momentum going. But if this is that's an advice that I'd like to give to people, I'm like, you know what? If you're working, if you really want something, start working on it in silence for months before mm-hmm. you say anything to anybody. Well, that's how you figure yeah. out if you actually like to do it. Yep. Some yeah. people only do things because they like the praise that they get from it. Yeah. Right. If drumming's a perfect example, there's so many solo hours, just like away in a practice room like this, like you're in closed pretty tightly with four walls with no one else around you can't brag you sound terrible when you practice yeah you shouldn't sound good when you practice like Mm -hmm. you're not showing off yeah it's a very humbling process and if you like that process then you're doing it right right without the quick dopamine fixes of oh look at this social media lick or yeah like so putting your head down and and like literally deep diving into the the project right it's like those long-term I don't know, I guess dopamine releases. Hmm. Like seeing something like, I would really like to do this. And of course we have like a thousand of those, but like picking one and just like keep fucking doing it over and over and over. And then it's just so goddamn satisfying to Hmm. finally do it. That's that's like more of a fulfilling feel, right? Because there's a difference between being successful and like achieving something which is tangible. Hmm. Right, but then being fulfilled, that comes from the years of putting work into that thing. Dude, some people never and I feel, to me, fulfillment like. is a much greater mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah, you know, some people will never spend enough time to really feel fulfilled from mm-hmm. something. Yeah, like oh, I can't do it. Like, yeah, it's too scary, or it's like it's too much time. 
some legitimate reasons, like I gotta take care of kids or whatever. But sometimes the, it's like they will never feel what that's like. Well, the the, the the sadness in my heart for people that don't even try for things that they do honestly in their hearts care a lot about. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't even try to head in that direction. That, that I have a brutal sadness in my heart for those people. Like man. You don't even know what it's like to go after it, right? Because you told yourself it was impossible. That's just mm. that just breaks my heart. Yeah. Can you imagine being fifty years old and just like looking back? That's regret. Shit! Yeah. I wish I did it. Yeah. Now you can't. Now you you can't because once you have a kid, that's more important than anything you could want to do. Yeah. But not that it's got to be amazing to have kids and like so <laughs> fulfilling in its own way. Yeah. But. Well, and but to be fair, I know I know people with kids who still go after new things, and like, like but that's but it's a momentum thing, mm. you know. You're like when you're, if you believe you can achieve these things and have certain things in your life, you're like, well, then I then I know how to put in time consistently toward a thing, whether that's ten minutes that I have free a day to do that, or if it's four hours I have free. Right. Like, but if you're if you're just doing that every day. And you're, you're, building. You're, you're getting, even if you never have what like the wildest version of your dream of that thing, you can have some piece of it. Mm-hmm. And I would rather have that than just be like, yeah, I'm just empty as a human. <laughs> yeah. I'm just an empty, broken thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. The sad thing is people that realize that too late and then yeah. they, they do have regret. Yes. You know, it's too late. It freaks me the fuck out. So well, I love gonna, it. So it's not going to happen to you. Yeah. Yeah, so you've moved here, and you're like you're it. you're set on what you do want. You know what you don't want. I think there's something to be learned from that. Because even even myself, like I've been kind of the yes person. Like I've said yes to almost every gig, mm-hmm. which has been amazing. Like I personally, I love to play live, and I'm doing more Broadway recently. But I need to remind myself when to say no and when to just focus on specific things. That's just as powerful, if not more important. 100%. So I love that. So you're you're getting ready to release. Like, what's the timeline for you? I think it's, I think it's within like the next or, year. Or don't tell us because that's part of what we're talking about. Right? I mean, it doesn't I, have to be this big publicized thing. I, I don't have yeah. a label. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Um, when it's ready, when it feels yeah natural. I think I'm meeting with some people, um, some like EDM people to kind of help me with how to release and whatnot. Um, but I, step where I'm at right now is I just got to finish the songs. From there, then I'll do some reaching out, do video, um, and then release. Which, like I have a life on the side. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, I made the choice not to do gigs on the side. So I'm working as a marketer and a beer pourer on yeah. the side. Like I got to do that shit also. Um, so with that, like in the equation, I'll, I'll probably get it in like the next year or so. Yeah. I'd say. Where can people find you to... Yeah, uh, yeah, someone that does you know when you do release all this stuff, the music's gonna be everywhere. It's gonna like Spotify and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I live at a. <laughs> no one thought that was funny. Uh, I'm on like no. Instagram, and no, it was if so you want to find me, <laughs> shit, guys. Um, but yeah, I'm on like Instagram with Taylor Freest. Yep, not Freesith. Freest. We'll we'll link to it in the, the show yeah. notes, as yeah, they say. He's the freest. Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> YouTube's not doing so good. 
Well, they just I'm released YouTube Shorts. They're trying to compete with TikTok. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Good luck. One day. All right, let's let's ask Taylor some quick quick questions and wrap this thing up. Um, coded or clear? What? Hey, what? Oh, coded. Okay. Oh, good, good question. I didn't I didn't hear that. Uh, coded. Yeah. Coded. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Except for the bass drum head. All right. The batter side. Then you do clear. All right. Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. Bold move. I'm bold. <laughs> okay, that was a quick question. Next quick question. Um, who are your major drumming influences? Because I feel like you have a very unique, awesome style. Um, Every, everyone, please check out Taylor's videos. He has the coolest licks and check out the Sly Hat because he just does all this cool stuff. So where does that come from, though? Um, who are your top guys? Dude, Benny Greb, mm-hmm. obviously, because he's mm-hmm. Benny Greb, obviously. He's the man. Um, there's Richard Spaven, who's dope. <sighs> Okay. I think he does such a good job of like keeping modern sounds, but also like innovative and unique. Um, and then Gerwin, ooh, Eisenhower. What? Have you heard of him? No. no. I no. sure hope his last name is Eisenhower. <laughs> I hope so um, too. He's dope though. Like he he's got like this little ten inch firecracker snare that he flips, so he's hitting the snare side. That's what you've oh. done, right? He does like a lot of like breakbeat shit. Mm-hmm. Gerwin Eisenhower. Gerwin. Wow. Look him up. Yeah, I'm doing this now. We'll fact check it. Um, I'd say those are my top three currently. Yep. I'd say I got really far from the mic when I said that. Sorry. You're good. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. Eisenhower. Uh, here. He's dope. Okay. Is that the last name? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> Eyes or nostrils? Eyes. Okay. Bold move again. <laughs> Wait, what's the question there? Would you rather have or is it like an attraction? Whoa, well, if you could lose one. Yeah. Nostrils. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've lost that a long so you'd rather, time ago. <laughs> so, okay, see versus smell. That's what we're getting at. Yeah, like you'd still have maybe everything else, but just it would just be closed. Like you could cut a hole in your face and probably still smell stuff, but you just... Just, this Where is are your smellers? Time. Are your smellers in here or are they in your skull? I think I, I think they're in your skull. All right. Yeah. Take my nose. That's a good question. I don't know. Where are Young your Jamie, smellers? Young Jamie, can you pull that up? Once yeah. again. Jamie, where are your smellers? <laughs> Wait a minute, Jamie. <laughs> uh, so you need a flamingo. You need a Jamie. Um, peacock. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, you need a peacock. I was like, man, what is a flamingo? I mean, I don't disagree. Well, let's get I'd a love flamingo to have too. a flamingo. Yeah, the more the merrier. Yeah. It a... would be dope just to have a flamingo floating around in here. I feel like they don't take up too Do much space. Do they float? <laughs> like there's spacing here for a flamingo. Floating in a, in a like emotional way. There's barely room for the three microphones in here. You could fit a flamingo. They're just tall and skinny. Yeah, we could. Like me. That was your excuse? Uh, next question. <laughs> what is the next piece of gear that you are interested in purchasing? Ooh. I need one of those SPDX. Is it SPDX? SPD? I thought you had one. Yeah, that's one. No. What do you have though? You have a. Uh, what do you have to do your looping? What? That's that? an APC forty. Okay. Um. So that's like that's a controller to Ableton, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, the SPD. It just looks so much cooler when you're hitting it. Then like you can press the little pads, but it's not as fun. Yeah, well, especially if you're trying to do this live, you need to be able to. Right. Yeah. Need to look with cool. the sticks. Mm-hmm. Sticks. And look cool. And look cool. With sticks. What right. food do you hate? 
Good question. I'm allergic to peanuts. You, you're allergic, but that doesn't mean you hate it. Yeah, I hate them. Okay, hate them because they'd kill you. <laughs> Would they kill you? I think so, if I had enough. If I had enough. Okay, yeah. so the, you're not one of those guys that, like, you get some dust and you're like, go oh, dude, that shit, shock. that's scary. You're not one of those wusses. If it's not that... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to any wusses listening. Dude, bananas, like, give me a little scratchy feeling in my throat. Okay, so it's another allergy thing. No, so you just basically- scratchy feeling. I have like a banana every day. Hmm. But you, dude, you grow through suffering. <laughs> Love it. Great quote. Bananas should not give you a scratchy feeling, my guy. Pretty you sure you're suffering a from mild bananas. allergic reaction. Yeah, you might want to get potassium, a very soft though? fruit. Think of the potassium. There's yeah. not even that much potassium. There's more potassium in a potato than there is in a banana. Is there really? There really is. And there's less sugar. Really? Potato's better for you than a banana. But I'm not going to put a potato in my smoothie. But you could. But you could. And it would be awesome. There's a lot of things I could do. <laughs> be, be open-minded, Taylor. Come on. Sorry, have you ever put pumpkin in a smoothie? No. It's that like time seeds? of year. No. Just put put the just, whole pumpkin. <laughs> you can just get like like you know ground pump like pumpkin puree. Whoa. Wow. That you know, could be like, good like, though. I can see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot like a sweet potato. Ooh. All right. It's good for you. Okay. I saw your Instagram story with the the green smoothie yesterday. Oh yeah. Someone asked me what's in it, and I just said green. I'm drinking. I think we talked about this. I have a very similar thing. Like down it so bad. Sorry. Yeah. It's just like a what's it called? It's just a very healthy supplement, right? You take every day. Yeah. It's just it's literally like, like a, a super super greens. Yeah. I yeah. put a couple of teaspoons. Oh, in. athletic greens. It's it's not athletic greens. Oh okay. But I would like to switch over to Athletic Greens. I've heard nothing but awesome it's stuff. It's crazy. Them, so. It is, but, but it does look like by looking at what's in it, I was like, oh yeah, I do want that. In my, looks good. In my system. Oh, we could have a whole podcast on supplements. Oh, oh dude, good. we should dude, do that. I'm phasing right now. On we're gonna we're gonna have you again at some point. Oh, the thing yeah, is, because there's just you're a natural you're a natural person to just have on. Yes, you're every day. very interesting guy to talk to. Every day, every so day much to learn from. Have a supplement podcast, <laughs> uh, flamingo and peacock podcast. Ooh, I know what I want to talk about real quick to wrap things up. So I like to always learn about other hobbies that people have besides drumming. Mm-hmm. You. <laughs> Are very athletic. Uh, you're a runner. You have shoes dangling from your storage unit, right? Your little light, your lamp. But that's a big passion of yours as well, right? Oh yeah. So talk about that real quick. It and is that has that is there any relation to running and playing drums? I'm curious. Or, I mean, no. there definitely is of being fit and like drumming is a very physical yeah. activity. Dude. So whether you're working out or for you, you, you like to go on runs and. Mm-hmm. And your dad is also like that came from your dad, right? Yep. He was, your dad's uh, awesome. He sounds he made, like someone we should meet. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And my mom too. And my brother. Yeah. And my cousins. And my grandmas. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll um, bring your grandma on this podcast and not tell her what it's about. <laughs> you ever played drums before? Um, it doesn't seem like you know a lot about drumming <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, no. So my dad was in the Olympic trials for the <laughs> marathon. Um, what? Wow. Yeah, like real. See, he deal. says that he's so humble. Oh, just something like trials. Do it. <laughs> yeah, but your dad. Yeah, but you could probably, right? No. At a uh, certain point. I I don't know. I don't know. Well, okay. I'm gonna try. Um. So, go ahead. So. 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there was a me before running and there was a me after running. And like, I feel like I'm so much more sane er than before. Um, but like, I try to run every day. It Like, I'm doing at least eight miles every day and then I'll do like workouts and then I'll run with groups and long runs on Sunday. And like, dude, it keeps me sane. There's something about just like going out and just like, whatever. I mean, to turn into Joe Rogan, but just like sweating and just like really, I think it's really easy to see a progression in running and like yes. actually see yourself get better because mm-hmm. it's very, mm, it's very um, uh, definitive. It's very measurable. Yes. Music is not. Yeah. Music is very arbitrary. It's really hard to figure out if you're actually getting better. Yeah. It's really hard. And I think that's why a lot of people struggle with it. But in running, it's, very like objectively like that was five seconds faster than my previous time Mm -hmm. i'm getting better so you feel better about it Mm. so i think it's great in that way and it really teaches you discipline it really teaches you just like oh does it suck like so go do it yeah you'll be better Mm -hmm. and yeah discipline and just like being healthy i feel the same way about lifting weights yeah it's the same it's the same exact thing it's just one makes you a lot skinnier. <laughs> no, I just think it makes you a better person. I think you just feel better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think is the whole point. I think you. I th- I agree with you on having something measurable you can see improvement in. It. I think if it's not going to be music, which it, it it kind of can't be in a lot of ways. So in some ways, you can measure improvement. Art's but weird. But you can yeah. having something like that in your life is. Is huge, hundred percent on that same mm-hmm. page with you, my dude. Absolutely. It's, I think not to get deep, but life is all about balance, right? So it's cool that so you have drumming and, mu- and your musical projects, which is a very long term activity, and then you have something like running, where it's obviously like you, you know, have those short term goals and it's very mm-hmm. tangible. Yeah. So they kind of help balance each other out. hundred percent. Right? I'm the same way. I have my own different. Different hobbies. That's like I talk about building websites. That's like a very, yeah. very measurable. Like now it's one page down, or now it's done. Right. Drumming. Well, it's the music is time bar too. You were yeah, we talked about. about that. Yeah. Right. I have weird spreadsheets that tell me. I kind of gamify it, but man's got spreadsheets. Yeah, it's a whole other topic. But yeah. cool. Well, this has been awesome. Any anything anything else you want to add or? Well, we'll have Taylor it. back for sure. We've follow talked him about on a lot. social media. Follow him in real life. Just follow him around yeah you don't need to well, i mean yeah, you find his house but if you just see him in public just start just walking nice behind him yeah <laughs> it's like, uh, like in forest count just felt like just fun. like that i've yeah. seen that movie. yeah thank you yeah you actually got that one I appreciate well it. dude i can't wait thank you for being on this podcast yeah thank, thank you. you for your friendship i cannot wait for your i'm excited for i think we both are we're excited for like your releases and just like excited to see what you come out with because yeah. you're someone that's worked super hard you know you're a super genuine guy so yeah. I'm excited to see it. how your fame can yeah. benefit me <laughs> that's what this is all about yeah. I'm only doing it for you Nathan <laughs> oh gosh was that not clear uh, sorry <laughs> I mean that's that's the lens through which I view everything so oh gosh. <laughs> how can you help me right <laughs> that's how I started help me help you help me <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I'm meeting a person, 
I was wondering what you could do for me. <laughs> what? How can I help you help me? That's great. That's awesome. That's okay. the takeaway. There we go. All right. Well, let's end the shoot. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Dan Ainspan. My co-host is Nathan Slutner, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to episode four featuring Taylor Freest. You can find Taylor's links and his website, tfdrums.com, at the links in our show notes. If you have enjoyed this episode, please help us out by sharing it with a friend. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram, at Nashville Drummers Podcast. You could also leave us a five-star review, preferably on Apple Podcasts or the platform of your choice. Lastly, uh, we've received a lot of really good uh, interest for those that are trying to get on the podcast themselves, and we definitely appreciate that excitement. Um, just send us a message on Instagram or send a text to myself or Nathan, and we'll try to talk to you and you know see if it'd be a good fit. But we'd love to have you on, and thank you for your patience as we are working through uh, our list of drummers here. There's, there's no shortage of very interesting people to talk to, of course. That leads us to episode five, coming up next with Ethan Harb, who is quickly becoming a name uh, here in the Broadway circuit. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time in episode five. Cheers. Cheers.